0: This is the Return of the Empire podcast exclusively for Sactown Sports in Sacramento. My name is Jay Mars, joined as always by our beat writer, our insider of the San Francisco 49ers, Emil Fergoso. Emil, definitely always um, a pleasure to do this podcast coming off of a win.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's <laughs> much more fun off a win compared to week three in, in Denver.
0: Of- oh, God. It was, and we'll jump into that in a quick second. But, you know, a little breaking news out of 49er land if you want to inform everybody of what is sadly bad news. Yes,
1: yeah, sadly bad news. <laughs> Eric Armson, the defensive tackle, the defensive captain on that line, is going to be out this week. Kyle Shannon confirmed that this morning on KNBR. Um, as well, Javon Kinlon, their other defensive tackle, one of their starters, may also be out. He's dealing with knee irritation in that surgically repaired ACL that he had last year. And so we'll see. We'll get official confirmation at 12 30 from him from his official press conference but that is unfortunate bad news that we have right
0: now for this weekend yeah and we saw obviously armstead back in week four and that was a definite boost to an A defense that I wouldn't exactly say needs a boost, but, you know, you'll take whatever you could get. You know, you're never going to say no to adding more talent, especially a talent like Eric Armstead. Uh, Javon Kinlaw obviously missed the following week because of the knee injury, you know, and D'Amico Ryan actually in a presser went into that and, you know, how hard it was on Javon And, you know, and and D'Amico gives a really interesting perspective as a former player. And I you know, invite anyone who hasn't seen that presser to go check it out. I I thought D'Amico was really open and honest and really did give an insight at what it's like for a player, especially when you talk about a guy like Javon Kinlaw, who I say this all the time because, you know, players that get injured, I think, get a bad rap. And I think Javon Kinlaw is kind of a guy that's gotten a bad rap with the often injured thing. It's not like he wants to be injured. Javon Kinlaw wants to be playing, but it also feels like these issues with him are just something that's always going to be there, you know? And, and sadly, it, it looks to be more the case of Javon Kinlaw. I hate using the word snake bitten, but it seems kind of snake bitten with the injury bug. Yeah, yeah. He-
1: Injury plague, you know, there's are just some guys. He's he's a massive human being. Again, he's six yes. five over, probably close to three hundred pounds. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's a huge, huge human being. And he's changed his body, he changed his physique, his diet, all this stuff. But unfortunately, coming off an ACL injury as severe as it was
0: last year, yeah, know, it's hard to come back fully really, with big guys. It takes takes some time. Mm-hmm. Seeing some irritation, it's more of you know
1: precautionary rather than he is hurt. So that's the point of it. They want they want to focus on a long
0: term. Sure, workout. which which is smart to do, but it's still. When you try to explain that to the average fan, I get why that is hard to understand because all you've seen is, let's not forget, Javon Kinlaw was the guy drafted to replace DeForest Buckner. And DeForest Buckner is a pro bowl, um, you know, at his position. He's one of the best in the league. And so I think when you look at it from that standpoint is not only is our man, Javon Kinlaw's. Heard all the time, Javon Kinlaw was a first-round pick. Javon Kinlaw's a guy we had high expectations for. Javon Kinlaw's also a guy you replaced on defense that was just, you know, really good at what he did. Yeah, no, he was
1: absolutely exceptional at, at at what he did, and Kinlaw has even had an impact in just the short sample as he had against Chicago Week One. He was kind of everywhere. He was just putting pressure up the middle. wasn't getting you know the the stats and the numbers mm-hmm. that you would see just on a regular stat sheet, but he was he was in that backfield quite a lot, and his presence is very much missed.
0: Right. So no Eric Armstead in Week Five against the Panthers. Javon Kinlaw is still questionable, but I would imagine we're not going to see him. So. um I don't know. Where do you want to go? With this? Do you want to get into a week five matchup? Do you want to talk a little bit about the Rams game? Um, I know you were there. What were some of the things you saw that you liked? What were some of the things that you know had you scratching your head because, while it was a great victory, mm-hmm. it's the seventh straight victory for Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo for that matter over the Rams yeah. in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I still looked at that offense as just. Man, if only they had a really good quarterback.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it really does feel that way. There is some kinks to still work out in that offensive side of the ball, but they did put up twenty-four points. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They, they did. They did have a good showing, especially on that first and second drive. They first drive,
0: I thought they were super sharp. Yeah. You know, I, I thought uh, Kyle really schemed well there with the idea when you have Jimmy Garoppolo, short passes, short passes, mm-hmm. short passes. Just keep moving the chains. Yeah. You control the ball that way, but also you really kind of take away the one thing that hampers Jimmy is, and when Jimmy makes a lot of interceptions, it's trying to do too much. Yeah. It's trying to go down the field 15 to 20 yards. And I think if you're going to have him as your quarterback, I think that really first series defined as how you use Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the, the the game plan that shifted from Denver to, to week four mm-hmm. against L.A., Get the ball in your playmakers quickly. Yep. That was that was the goal, and it worked out. Getting Debo on that quick, right? Even mm-hmm. kind of missed him. Debo does it. Debo does best. Takes it to the house fifty-seven yards. Right. Just getting the ball in your playmakers' hands. That's the goal of this Niners offense. And even Jimmy said it. Garoppolo said it this week. Not everyone's going to have, you know, a a stat line each week that's going to be impressive. It's pick your poison with this Mm -hmm. offense. One week it's one guy, one week it's the next, and that's how they're going to game plan. They're going to do it game-specific each and every week.
0: Yeah, and, you know, one of those guys when you talk about picking your poison that um, I was really keyed in on during that game was George Kittle. And, you know, I, I see a lot of things where, you know, you need to get George Kittle the ball, which I agree, but given the shape that offensive line is in right now, I, I agreed with what Shanahan was doing is I feel like he's actually more important as a blocker at this point, given just how banged up that line is. Well, with
1: try Williams at especially, he's very, very important on that left side of the line. He was putting pancakes on the Rams all All night, Monday night. He's so, so key. And actually, what's interesting about that statistic is that he's actually running the same amount of routes. He's not being held in for blocks. He's actually running the same amount of routes he's been running in years past. Mm -hmm. He's just being targeted less. Only about 15% of his routes he's being targeted on right now significantly less, and that's kind of just using him more as a decoy, trying to get the ball in the the wide receivers more.
0: Do you think that's more of the decoy? I know that is one look at it, or is there also the fact that, you know, Jimmy really does want to get the ball into Debo's hands, because as you saw, you get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands, good things happen, but I've also noticed Jimmy is starting to get a little more of a rapport with Brandon Ayuk as well and especially in that first drive, I thought they had a couple good things going there, but in the second half kind of went away from him. Do you think it is, again, more decoy George, or he's getting a rapport with some other guys?
1: I Again, it's just it's pick-your-poison with, with 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 this team. It really just comes down to who is open for Jimmy, and he was even, even hitting Jawan Jennings for, for mm-hmm.
0: crucial third-down pickups during and that game. And he started to hit Jennings last year, too. And I yeah. thought Jennings started to become a favorite target of his, even over Iuke. Yeah. But with Jimmy, it's just... I watched the game and it's like as the game's going on it's very clear he still has trouble moving the ball down the field yeah. when he is primarily in a passing, you know, option on offense. And to be honest, I thought that game was still very much in doubt until, you know, Hufanga gets the the pick six, takes it to the house and it's still again, I think the theme here is This team is going to go as the defense goes. I don't think you can really expect much out of the offense right now, given how banged up that line is. Mm -hmm. Given that Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback, also is still clearly trying to get into a rhythm. And I thought thought the Rams game was clearly an improvement over the Broncos game, which that's not saying much. But I also thought that Rams game was kind of prototypical of what you should expect from Garoppolo, especially when playing good teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he—they love playing the Rams. They really—they mm-hmm. all got up for it, and that's kind of the point of a rivalry divisional game—is to be there and present for it. And I just think it's a building block for Garoppolo, building block for this offense is what was shown in the Rams Week Four win. If you want to get the ball quick in, into the hands of D. You want to get the ball quick into IU quick into, into Jeff Wilson. That's the goal. Quick plays, quick routes, yards after the catch, run after the catch. That's the goal with this offense. That's a philosophy of this offense, and what's going to ha- help with that is the defensive stance.
0: Yes, and the defense still again. Um, I think they have the best defense in the NFL yes, right they now. Do. They they truly do and that's with again, you've only had Eric Armstead for one game. You know, you've mentioned the injury issues that have plagued Javon Kinlaw. Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward are just coming back and we'll we'll touch yeah. on them here in a second. But to me, Nick Bosa has taken his game to the next level. Nick Bosa is unstoppable out there. Even when teams are using tactics to stop him that usually get a flag in the NFL, and I think you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they were they were basically hugging him. I don't know if you whole game they held it. I don't know if you they saw held that picture. Him the whole game. Did you see that picture yes. of him hug? Oh my goodness! I I put it in one of the stories this week because I it was just they they're aware of it. Shanahan's aware of it. They send videos into league office every single week. Hey, this is what's going on with Nick Bosa. Can we fix this? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not really what's happening right now. They're Nick Bosa even has a quote. He asked the referee, he said, you know, the guy is hugging me. He's trying to tackle me. And the ref goes, that's what he's supposed to do. It's like the the, the, the refs don't know how to call Nick Bosa. He's that good.
0: No, and, and to use a basketball reference, it kind of reminds me of Shaquille O'Neal in yes. the early 2000s where it's like, dude, if you watch Shaquille O'Neal, he has fouled every play. Yep. But if you were to call every foul, guys would be fouled out within 10 minutes of the basketball mm-hmm. game. And I don't even think you'd be able to field five guys on the court after the first half. Yep. But I do feel like football is different because, listen, if a guy is being held, you call a flag. There's no – you can't get kicked out of the game for holding too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you need to establish it early on with these offensive linemen that, look, we're going to call the hold. And if he's breaking through every time, he's breaking through every time because he's a really good football player. Mm -hmm. And you cannot sit there and call a game based upon a guy being too good at what they do. I think it is really stupid – And I do hope the NFL eventually at some point does address this with the referees. Mm -hmm. But the crazy part is they haven't yet. Yeah. And he still looks to me like after four weeks, he is the defensive player of the year.
1: Exactly. And I don't think it's
0: particularly close. No, it's
1: really not. (laughs) The only other person would be Micah Parsons. That's about about it. But let's go over some stats really quick. The stat of the week, in my opinion, is 14. 14 pressures in a single game against the Los Angeles Rams. The most in the NFL history history. Tied most with, guess who? Aaron Donald.
0: Right, and it's not like the Rams offensive line, while it's not the best in the NFL, it's not like it is, you know, the worst. Yeah. You know, they have a decent line, and I'm wondering, going into the game against Carolina, That I mean, that offense sucks. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. I, I think you know, the idea of signing Baker Mayfield was great. <laughs> you know, I, I always thought, I thought Baker got a bad rap in Cleveland. You know, he played last year hurt most of the year, and Cleveland is Cleveland, even though they've been better, obviously, the last couple years. And I'm like, okay, that's a decent gamble, but mm-hmm. statistically, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year.
1: He literally is the worst. He's like 30th out of 30th. It's it's not even like a joke. It's, it's They're 32 teams. He's like 30th or 31st. He's yeah, literally he's like bad. the worst possible he could be. It's and I don't incredible. think that's
0: all dependent on Baker just being a crap quarterback. I look at that Panthers offense. There's nothing there. And you're talking about now, going into this week, you're, you're They have to deal with Bosa. You're also getting Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett added to a secondary that's already really good. Yeah, How do you see D'Amico Ryan's kind of fitting those guys into the scheme? You know, uh, Verrett's been out for, God, since, what, week one week last one. year? Jimmy Ward... Is an injury prone guy, but when Jimmy Ward plays, Jimmy Ward is really good. Yeah. What What do you see? How do you see D'Amico working this out?
1: Well, first and foremost, I'll I'll just say they came back to practice this week, so their their twenty one day window is open. The way it works, especially because these guys are on the short term IR and the PUP list, is that they have twenty one days after their first practice to be eligible to come back. If they're not, they do not come back. They're out for the rest of the year thankfully that is not going to happen with these two. Right. They both had no restrictions, both Wednesday and Thursday. They both look fantastic. They are both energized. They have the most energy out there. They're making handshakes with Hafunga and everyone. They they're just they're so happy to be back. And so when they bring them back, it's like adding fire to fire. Mhm. I could see Huff slipping down into kind of a a free roll as as a sub linebacker, able to just do whatever. He can go wherever he wants, do everything like that. Which
0: he'd probably prefer at this point. We'll get into Hufanga in a second because, I I I think it's going to work
1: great because they're (laughs) going to send him on shark blitzes off the corner. Mm -hmm. And it's going to work great because they have Jimmy Ward, Deshaun Gibson, Jason Verrett playing whatever kind of role you want Verrett to play. And then you have Hufanga who's just coming after you
0: like a freaking shark in the water. And talking about the blitzing, were you surprised to see them blitz so much in that Rams game because that's not really the calling card of the 49ers defense, but man, they brought it on Monday and I I mean personally, yeah. me I'm like, why aren't they blitzing more? Yeah. With the with the guys they have on that defensive side of the ball and I think, you know, they should take a similar scheme into this Carolina thing because you bring the blitz against that Panthers offense, I don't think they'll know what to do with it. So you have that. Also, in your opinion, Mhm. Given, you know, kind of what we've talked about with, you know, how not potent the Panthers offense is, isn't this kind of, if they are feeling good, a great game to bring Ward and Verrett back against an offense that's not very good to kind of, you know, work the kinks out a little bit? I mean, it's better than two weeks against the Chiefs. That's what I mean. You want those (laughs) guys prepped. You want those guys to have some playing time under their belt before Kansas City.
1: Yeah, it's just all about bringing them back really, really easy. Again, we didn't see as much the media portion of practice isn't as, you know, deep as it could be. Mm -hmm. but. They were going half to full speed on their drills, you know, not exerting themselves too much. But they were not wearing any restrictive anything. um, Marrette, no, no hardware on his knee with Ward. No, no issues with his hamstring. It looked like so. These guys are looking you know, relatively fresh and healthy. It just depends on how much D'Amico wants to put them out there. So I could see maybe a handful of snaps or so, but nothing too crazy. Sure, just kind of get, yeah. you know,
0: get the feet wet yeah, a little bit. Get the
1: feet wet, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they got they got Fonga and, and Gibson, who are literally <laughs> top 10 safeties by PFF right now.
0: All right. So let's go to predictions for this game. Then and there's one more piece of news I want to talk about. So how do you have this game laying out? 24-17, 49ers. I- wow, you think they're going to only win by a TD? The six-and-a-half favorites. Yeah,
1: six and six-and-a-half. Yeah, there's, there's six it's <laughs> it's a road game. It's a long road trip they have as well. The Atlanta game uh, a week after. It's a long trip. They're leaving uh, this afternoon. You know, time zones are a bit tricky, so I want to get the benefit of the doubt to the Panthers. And, you know, they when they can, they at least look somewhat decent. Even mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan said it himself. I see a team that could be 4-0. He even said it himself. Because sure. when they win the turnover, they have a very sneaky good defense with Brian Burns being mm-hmm. the defensive end uh, stud. Um, it just really comes down to, can they get pressure against his offensive line for the Panthers and, and, and vice versa? Can the 49ers get pressure against Baker Mayfield?
0: Yeah, my and i to throw water, cold water on what Kyle's saying, but you know you can look at half of the NFC right now yeah. and say, you know I could see so-and-so being 4-0. I feel like you can look at three-fourths of the AFC right now and look at, yeah. I could see so-and-so being 4-0. I don't think Carolina's very good, and mm-hmm. I, I get what Kyle's doing there. Yeah. I, I think the 49ers win this 31-10. to I think they blow Carolina out. Wow. Yeah. Even with Christian McCaffrey back there, I think this defense is just going to be way too much for the Panthers' offense to handle. And, you know, you mentioned the Panthers do have a good defense, but... I do think the 49ers will be able to get loose on them. So, no, and and I do believe one of those touchdowns will come via the defensive end. Whether that's a pick-six, fumble recovery, or again, it's a turnover that gets the 49ers, you know, right into the red zone. Yeah. I think the defense obviously will, as we've talked about, be what, you know, carries the Niners to this win, but it's going to be in multiple ways. Yeah. Uh, one more piece of news. You were at Jimmy Garoppolo's press conference. Yeah, I was. Very interesting in my opinion that he chose to reveal that you know, apparently it was uh, very much close to him being a Carolina Panther.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was an interesting day. It was not how I thought it was going to go. Let's just break down how Thursday went in general because mm-hmm. it was a very wild day out in Santa Clara. So practice starts about twelve fifty eight in the afternoon. I'm there for like twenty minutes of practice. And then, then, then they so us am getting all the video, Barrett, everything like that. Go into the, in the into the media room, just hanging out for a while, even. All the big wigs, Mike, Matt Mayoko, Jennifer Lee Chan, they're getting stir-crazy because we're just sitting there to like 350. Mm-hmm. They're holding us out, having the longest practice of the week because of the short week. Sure. Well, they bump it up to 330, and then we go over there. So then D'Amico comes out. We talk to D'Amico, all this stuff. Then we go into the locker room. The locker room is about as barren as I've ever seen in my life. There is no one in there. I don't know where everyone is. I don't know if they're out in the field. They're over it. <laughs> they're, they're over it. No one wants to talk to us. No one is there. Then Jimmy comes up. He's eating pasta or something and just hanging out and having a good time. Then he goes to the podium. And thankfully, Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle is who he is and a great reporter himself. And he asked Jimmy Garoppolo that question. You know, Panthers are kind of ruined to be a team. And Jimmy, being Jimmy,
0: gave us a tell-all. Sure. (laughs) And the tell-all again. And I'm not mad at Jimmy for telling the story. Obviously, us in the media, we love the idea because, oh my God, boy, we have a headline and a story to right now. But I'm like, man, going, you know, A couple days out from the game to really go into that kind of detail about it instead of – because Jimmy could have just basically said like, yeah, you know, Carolina, we were in talks, you know, nothing materialized. I mean he could have easily just brushed it aside. But I did find it interesting in the depths he went into because – and I don't think this is a distraction in the locker room. Let me be very clear here. But it is a – it's just puzzling that, you know, it's like – well. I almost want to follow up like, well, who else Jimmy was there that you could have gone to, you know? And I don't know if that's Jimmy taking shots at Carolina. Like, dude, look what Baker's done for you. I would have been 10 times better in that position. And listen, anyone who's listened to this podcast or has listened to me on air here at Zachtown Sports, I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan as far as on-field production. I think Jimmy's a good locker room leader. I think Jimmy's a great guy. I like Jimmy Garoppolo the human being. Yeah. I find Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback to be, well, to leave a lot to be desired. Yes. Do you think the Panthers would have been better off with Jimmy G than Baker Mayfield?
1: Yes. And the, the, the only issue... And the reason why he was not traded, it goes back to the shoulder surgery. That's the only reason he is on this team still is because he had that offseason shoulder surgery, which he had to have. It wasn't optional. It wasn't, I'm going to just electively have this. He had to have this surgery, and that hindered every single trade plan they wanted to do.
0: I agree. I also think there is a bit of he's also not super great as a quarterback and makes a lot of money and is coming off of shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. Put it this way. If that is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If that's Tom Brady, uh, you could even go middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks. Um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head right now. But if you have a top 10, top 15 quarterback coming off that same surgery that is on the trade market, they get traded. Well,
1: here's the issue is that look at Pittsburgh. They chose Mitch Trubisky over Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how low the value of Jimmy G was because of this shoulder surgery.
0: Sure, I'm because not it. saying it's the shoulder surgery doesn't factor in. What I'm saying is if he was a top 10, 15 quarterback in the league coming off of that shoulder surgery, he would have been traded. But, you, but he's a bottom half quarterback. Do you
1: honestly think that the NFL executives think Mitchell Trubisky is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: No, I do not think that at all. What I Again, I'm making the point, to your point. The, soul, the shoulder surgery plays a factor into it. But yes. we also have to factor that Jimmy Garoppolo probably, if you look at the 32 starting quarterbacks around the league, where do you have him ranked? Honest to God. 24th, 25th? Like
1: 20th, yeah. Okay, 20th. Like 20th. I mean, that's high. There's some, quarter, I, there's some quarterbacks I just don't like. but
0: Right. You know. And so, again, you have to factor in it's both things. And that's where the 49ers, I think, really kind of screwed themselves holding out. And you know you heard John Lynch in the offseason. Oh, we had a second round pick for Jimmy. I'm calling BS, John, because yes. if you did, you would have you traded him.
1: <laughs> you trade a second round
0: pick for him. You yes, take a second round pick take back it for right him. Back and you are running with that <laughs> yes. second round pick. You are thrilled to get a second round pick. I think they would have been thrilled to get a third round pick for him.
1: They got offered six and sevenths and maybe fifths. That, yeah, that, that's the best they got. There's and, no way they did.
0: And but again, and so you know hindsight being twenty twenty, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, it was just dumb luck. Yeah. The 49ers got lucky with the Trey Lance injury that, you know, they decided not to move on from Jimmy for a fifth-round pick because I guarantee you if they knew Trey Lance was healthy for all 17 games, they would have traded him for the fifth-round pick. Oh. They would have gotten something for him. Yeah. So... Again, I don't know. I I think Jimmy is better than Baker at this point. I think Carolina would have been better off making that trade, even with the shoulder surgery, you know, looming over him. But it's not. He's not a Panther. He's a 49er and he's going to have a chance to go out there and slang it against his would be Carolina Panthers. Panthers. That'll be a fun game this Sunday. Um, Emil, thanks so much for joining me again this week. This is always fun. We'll be back next week with another episode of Return of the Empire. Hopefully. We are talking good things about the 49ers, that they are over 500 and looking to be atop of the NFC West. My man, I will talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Have a good one, everyone.